Do you need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did? Do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, Mike Can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacareDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical legal cannabis? CanacareDocs.com. Convenient. Nine Massachusetts locations. Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk. Also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and coming soon to New Hampshire and New York, it's CanacareDocs.com. Get your medical recommendation. Get legal. CanacareDocs.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're live. We're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. My name is Mike Crawford. I'm the host. I'm inviting all my friends to the Facebook Live, too. I don't know if you can see me multitasking, but uh, I want to make sure everyone checks out this show today because we've got uh, some great people and a lot of good topics. Uh, so we're going to get right to it. Nothing about me today. Maybe I'll have Riccio messing with weird noises in the corner. No, I'm good. Brian Riccio's here. What's up, Riccio? Nothing. Nothing. Just happy to be here. <laughs> it's such a distinguished happy, panel. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we don't even have to talk about you today. No, that's fine. Not Everything's like good. Any, any trouble this week? No promise. trouble. No, sir. We're not going to even, like, there's some good stuff I keep wanting to get to with you on the show, which is uh, if anyone wants to leave any questions or uh, comments, but an ongoing topic on the show I want to make is uh, has Brian Riccio uh, driven that celebrity? Because you, you were a chauffeur for a long time, and you've driven... For a lot of big celebrities, uh-huh. and some of them I've asked you already, and you're uh-huh. like, "Oh yeah, I, I drove him. I uh-huh. drove him." Like uh-huh. uh, Eddie Vedder, I asked. Uh-huh. You have? Yes. Yeah. So, if you have any celebrities you want to know about uh, what it was like to drive them, ask Brian. That's that's a topic for Brian Riccio today. Yes. All right. Uh, we also have some other awesome people here. Uh, number one, uh, we're going to start from the left to the to the right, and uh, we have just arriving. Uh, he's doing work out there. Uh, Donald Osgood Sr. running for uh, now U.S. Senate, is that correct? I wish. I get uh, close to that microphone. <laughs> I wish. Um, first, first Suffolk District for the state Senate. State Senate? Yes. Oh, I said U.S. Oh, so you're correcting me. Thank <laughs> you. For, for Mass State Senate. Thank you. Yes. For Linda DeSormo. Uh, uh, Linda. Forrest. Thank you for that, too. So I don't screw up that already. Is it minister or did you just go by Donald? Donald's fine. You okay. Know, I'm pastor as well, but you know, I'm, okay. not, I'm not on the titles too much. Okay. I just try to do the work. That's all. And we also have uh, Monica Cannon Grant here from Violence in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you on, uh, the, like, last week on Fox 25, Channel 7. <laughs> You're always working. Getting, uh, every morning on Facebook. Right? <laughs> every morning on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Brian tunes in to morning, oh, yeah. mornings with an activist. Me too, of course. Yeah. I yeah. saw it today. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right, Mike. We so were I'm talking. getting topics for my yeah. show. Like, I'm already like, oh, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about this. Because, Monica, you educate. Like, I, that's what I appreciate. I'm, I'm learning things from you all the time. Thank you. You're amazing. We're going to give you a round of applause. We're happy to have you back on yes. the show. And she doesn't take any crap. Yeah. Thank you. Thank You've you. You've taken a lot of crap from some idiots out there, too. So. Yeah. I mean, it comes with the process, right? They're both crucial to the movement. You have those that praise you and those that um, don't praise you, but 
they still talk about you, so you still win, right? Right. C A N N O N. And you know that voice. <laughs> Dash G R A N T. As long as they spell your name right. right. I, know, I see you, Clark. Okay. That's <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, God. The next guy, uh, uh, yeah, you heard his voice. You've already, people already know. It's, uh, he ran for mayor, and I, we're just going to ask the, the question today before we even say his name. Are you running for mayor again? Because that's what everyone wants to know. That's unusual after a losing campaign, but we, I want to know. Are you going to run for mayor? Well, Tito Jackson. I, I, would, I, would, I would do it again in my lifetime. Um, I also, you know, the, the interesting thing is how do we define winning and losing? And when it comes to bringing up the issues that matter, bringing voices to the table that haven't been heard, um, dealing with issues like the legalization, regularization, uh, regu- regulation and taxation of adult use uh, marijuana, which now uh, people who didn't support it before, after uh, an endorsement from the Young Jerks, um, are actually uh, supporting it. Um, Is that it, man Walsh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love we, Mike. We have um, <laughs> folks who um, weren't going to rebuild the Long Island Bridge, mm-hmm. and now somehow, you know, some some dollars fell down from from the skies, um, and uh, we're going to build <laughs> rebuild the Long Island Bridge. Yeah. Man Walsh they, is what, catching the dollars. What fund did he say that money was coming from? I, I don't know. Am yeah. I? I, the, yeah. I think it's the uh, 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 Brian uh, Rizzio. Um, yeah, Richio. <laughs> oh, okay. It's actually, I'm sorry. Rich is is yeah, help, exactly. very helpful. Exactly. Yeah, so you know that money w- wasn't there, and then um, you know what's funny? I can bring that because yeah. we he the, uh, money was falling out of the sky to like <laughs> from developers who wanted to uh, put put things in the seaport, and then uh, put, so all of a sudden these developers wanted to put money in the campaign against marijuana against cannabis, like half a million dollars. You'd think that if there's that kind of money going around, yeah. They could uh, do something about yeah. that, right? Yeah. So you know, I, I'm I'm really happy about this opportunity uh, to to be here. Uh, this to me shows what the grassroots is about, and I think we we need to revisit the fact that no one in in the state house had the courage to actually bring this legislation forward. Right, the the elected officials, and I'm just going to keep it real, and I was one. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and I understand the assessment. But it was the people of the state of Massachusetts who brought this forward and who actually passed this legislation. We need to make sure now that people of color, um, women, people who aren't billionaires and millionaires have an opportunity to own um, uh, to uh, this silliness about delivery um, and and not ever not being able to have uh, uh, you know folks meet up around this stuff. The question is, do you want to actually uh, regulate it, or do you want it to be uh, s- uh, some unregulated market uh, where people could could possibly get hurt? So again, listen to the voice of the people, and I want to thank uh, thank you, Mike and Brian, and all those um, in the Young Jerks crew. You change the state of Massachusetts. You are um, really the embodiment of democracy. And I also want to thank both of the, the my two um, uh, co-guests. They both ran for office, right? And as this week has been great because you saw a bunch of young people like I'm not taking it anymore. But we have to not only take not only talk about voting, but we need to have better people on offer 
to be able to actually vote for. Mm -hmm. And so they both have changed the conversation just by being in uh, the the election cycle. And uh, we look forward to both of them being in elected office someday. I'm glad you said that. uh, (laughs) I I look forward to Donald being in elected office. I'm having fun throwing rocks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm glad you said about about the winning part, too, uh, (laughs) because I feel like your campaign was a huge win. You got way more votes. You didn't spend a lot of money. Uh, and like you said, the issues have been resonating even more after the campaign was over. All of a sudden, it was like the Boston Globe was talking about every single issue that oh you were talking goodness. about. Oh, my goodness. It seems like the whole nationwide is actually like your uh, the affordable housing and uh, just everything. Uh, so I, 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 you say uh, in the future you may run for mayor again. Uh, what about this next? I, I mean, are you going to run for mayor uh, Tito Jackson from Mayor.com. No, but. Yeah, so you know, in, in the meantime, though, the, the issues are the most important, right? And so uh, the other thing that we also must note is that you don't need a title to make change. Right. Mm. And, and, and again, you guys statewide were able to do something that all those people with this 200 people up there with titles. And they didn't do any of the same things that you did. And then once you did it, didn't they want to take take credit, change it, modify it, amend it? You had done the the actual work. And I think too often titles block people from uh, having their voice heard. Uh, un- understand, and this is in particular to young people. Y'all mess up whole elections when you come out. Right. They don't they, understand. There's a list of people who are usual suspects, mm-hmm. right? And they they go knock on their door, they mail stuff to them, they call them and all that. When y'all come out, they don't even know who you are. And then what ends up happening, you'll end up having upsets like Deval Patrick, right? He was not supposed to win. People people forget that. He absolutely was not supposed to be uh, the person uh, who won. So the young people here, uh, get your arms around your own power. And, and, and make it happen. Right. Do you, uh, right now, the, the governor's race, you have any people, any campaigns that you like right now? I haven't chosen uh, in, anybody in, in that space. I think, um, you know, the race that Donald's in is an important race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people, I, I think we have to understand issues, right? So this is whole, there's people, they're gonna, people are going to change. Yep. But the issues are there on a regular basis, so we should have, and, and some people have been successful on it. And, and by the way, sadly, and I don't agree with most of them, but the NRA is a one, it's, it's a one-issue organization, right? And so I, I don't, you, like, when it comes down to some of the modification that's happening right now, they, they advocate for, for one thing. The question is, what are the things that we uh, we advocate for uh, that that uh, unite us? So, I, I, and by the way, I just want to be clear: I'm not just, I'm not I'm not making endorsements. I don't want folk to say you heard what Tito said about that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, let's look at the efficacy of being advocates for the things uh, that Mo- like Monica does on a regular basis. The fact that she does it every day and lives it, walks it, and breathes it, it actually is transformative, and people look to her based on that. Right, absolutely. And we're going to go to Monica with a bunch of questions, too, <laughs> when Herbie gets back. Herbie's coming back. Good. Uh, I want to ask uh, Tito another question. Yep. And actually, I want you all the way in, too, because we've got a great panel here. Uh, Boston Police, there was a story that came out. I actually saw it because I think Monica posted it first. Um, but they hired a private corporation. They've done this a couple times. This is, like, more recently. Uh, 
to basically collect social media data. And they were collecting uh, data on you as a city councilor. You came up like, you know, can you talk about that? Why don't we have Monica? Uh, she, Monica called me. <laughs> Oh, she told you about it. Well, no, I knew, I knew, I knew about it, but I want her to say what what her response was okay. first, because it's so. Uh, I found out the ACLU did this article, and they're like, um, uh, the Boston police have been using this agency to track people online, and if you use like Black Lives Matter, the word protest, or Muslim Lives Matter, that you were put into this database, and then it at the bottom of that article, it said. Um, Tito Jackson was highlighted on multiple reports as one of the people being tracked uh, as a black extremist. And so I called Tito. Stop laughing. <laughs> I know. Are you? I mean, <laughs> right? You're a regular agitator, so Tito. Right? I called Tito and I, I go. Like, I like my new title. Cut, I, cut call, I called Tito. I go, dude, you're a black Odd. extremist now? Yeah. And it was funny to me. So I created this Facebook post and I highlighted what they did. And at the end, I put side note. If Tito Jackson is a black <laughs> extremist, I'm done for yeah. <laughs> because like Tito a black ex- extreme like yeah it just doesn't fit to know Tito is to know that he's not that dude yeah. he's the dude that's crunching numbers in the back room he's not extreme yeah yeah so the, the <laughs> issue is um listen I'm, I'm getting a uh, you know, then he calls me Mike have, right I have, I have a Mike he on. calls me and he goes <laughs> You you you're the niece of an extremist. <laughs> I go, dude, please, you're not extreme. But it was funny. Well, so this is the issue around transparency and who you have in office, right? So you have a, a Boston Police Department with a, a sixty-six million dollar overtime budget, hmm. in which they, they last week. Now, mind you, they don't know how to find twenty-eight. Uh, black people for Black History Month, but I'm not going to go there. But That's um, right. and I want to thank you for inviting me to the show, Mike, <laughs> um, and honoring me for Black History Month. I, I am will honor you. you. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. Well, we couldn't yeah. get red. So, so yeah, red's unavailable. No, so. Oh hell no, Brian. So so it's not that he's unavailable. So this this is an issue around um, our, our First Amendment rights. Um, and to have an, I was an elected official at the time. I was an elected official who was actually had the police department in front of us. Asking questions, and they re- they did not disclose to me as an elected official who has fiduciary responsibility over their uh, four hundred but four hundred million dollar budget that they had already looked at my own Facebook that had hashtag uh, right. Ferguson on it. Right. Um, and really, what my statement said that as we look at issues like Ferguson, we have to look at issues around schools. We have to look at issues uh, around um, affordable housing. And it was kind of broadening uh, what we were we were advocating. That's what my statement actually said. So, and the other piece is that they had emails that said that the Boston Police Department told them to have to give a contract under $10,000 because then they didn't have to put it out to bid. Right. So that's what the, the sum of the back and forth communication. So I have an issue that as an elected official, um, my personal uh, Facebook was sucked up into this machine. Imagine individuals who weren't in elected office, who didn't have the connections with the ACLU uh, like I do. Um, and and the work, that work that's happening. In addition, they wanted to have a one point six million dollar contract, which said company right. to expand. Uh, expand this. This could have it could have been hashtag uh, cannabis. It could have been you know, any of us could could be uh, looked at and spied on by our own uh, police department. So again, I understand issues of safety, 
But this is a, a really, really a First Amendment issue. It's um, racial profiling is yes. what it is, right? Because they were very specific in the hashtags that were they were looking at, right? Mm-hmm. And all of those are either ra- uh, related to marijuana, race, and and Muslim religion, right? Yeah. And those are the things that are supposed to be protected entities in this country. But those are the things that you're utilizing to be able to identify extremists, which, again, if Tito is extreme, Donald is over for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a prime example of, of I mean, this is a program from what I understand was initiated so they could keep an eye on the illegal house parties in Alston, worried about yeah. basement fires and whatnot. And it just goes to show the abuse of what's something that's supposed to have been benign. Yeah. It gets in the hands of certain people. And the next thing you know, turned on a man that basically is approving the budget for the Boston police to spy on. <laughs> and this is a police department that has drones. But that, that doesn't require their officers to wear body cameras. So understand, they're actually using technology, that most updated technology, to 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 uh, get intelligence. But they're not using it based on the accountability uh, that we deserve, uh, based based on elected, uh, actually based on people who are appointed. Understand, the Boston Police Department has been sued for thirty eight million dollars. Thirty eight million dollars of your money has gone out in the past eight years to settle cases. Right. In, show me another department in the city of Boston that's shoveling out nearly 40 million bucks yeah. based on doing something wrong. You know, and, and Donald does a lot of work in, in this space and the, the areas that he's working in are underfunded. Right. So there's, if there's an extra 40 million bucks lying around, what type of trauma uh, uh, trauma training, um, comprehensive trauma response, relocation of people, all of those things. Yeah, the, the relocation is probably top priority. Absolutely. You know, top priority because we, you know, me and Monica sometimes are working with no funds <laughs> looking to help somebody relocate when there's a whole organization that's designed to help them get relocated. Tell us, tell At us, the what, same time, what, they want information. Why do people, like, because uh, a lot of people might not get why do people need to be need to be Man. relocated? Okay, break, break that down. So, 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 you know, if someone's shot and they were shot, like say in front of their home or something like that, they can't go home, but they have no other place to go. So, when they when they're requesting assistance from you know the district attorney's office, BPD, or other entities that are supposed to help, if they're not cooperative, then they don't get the help. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a problem with that because at the end of the day, you know, history has said it. If I say Monica did something to me, before I get to court, it's possibly that Mr. Clark is going to catch me coming out of my house and I'm going to be gone. Right. So if we have a system that's not set up to make people safe, of course they're not going to tell. Of course they're not going to hold someone accountable. So we need to make sure we can move them out the city, Mm. put them in a... You know, in a safe environment, you know, we see it like at least at least ten times a year. And you see, at you least. do this work. Tell us more about your background, like what you do, your group that you work with. So I, I work for the city, but I do the portion that strictly responds to shootings and stabbing. So that could be any time of the day. Like on my way here just now, there was an issue that took place in South Bay, in that area, Frontage Road. So I was actually on my way here. I turned the car around to go to that situation. And found out, you know, it was something that I didn't need to be at. It wasn't too serious. But I responded to those, and I'm, you know, trying to talk young people off the cliff of retaliation. 
you know, make sure the hospital gives the information to families like it needs to. Because, you know, we'll be real, black and brown people don't get the same, you know, same consideration in a shooting incident. So family could sit down for hours, not know if their son or daughter is alive or dead, you know, what's going on with surgery. So, you know, me and my coworker, Rusty, those are like the top things that we do. And then if we find out that it's gang-related, you know, then we reach out to our street team and we're like, listen, you need to get on the ball because we also don't want a retaliation to take place. So that's what we do 24-7. You know, sometimes just sleep them up. Right. Like I got in this morning at 2. 2 this morning. I'm definitely sleeping at 2. Yeah. <laughs> I walk dogs early. I'm like out now. I used to be a night owl, not anymore. Donald Osgood Sr., you're running for uh I'm not going to say it this time. I'm going to say it right. Mass State Senate. Yes, sir. For Linda Ducina. For me. See. Ah, man. I'm having a tough time today. I don't know what it is. That's right. I, it took me a little while to... To pronounce it right, you know, Linda Dorsina Flory. Because I was saying Flory for a long time. But <laughs> yeah. you always want to get people's names right. Yeah. You do. It's it's a difficult thing, uh, especially me. Because, like, my uh, the only thing about me today I'll say, and this is just inspiration for people. Uh, when I was a kid, I had speech impediments. I still do, but I do a show. Uh, so there you go. And people want to listen to it. So, I mean, you can, you can do things uh, that maybe you don't think you can do. So don't give up. Uh, 617... 903-7464 is our phone number. You can call in. Uh, Herbie, can you get the number on the uh, live feed, too, so people see it? They like to like to know the number. Uh, if you have any questions for anyone on our panel, Tito Jackson here, Monica Cannon-Grant, and uh, as we said, uh, Donald Osgood Sr., and uh, we also have Brian Riccio. Have a question for him? You can you can lay it on the line. Well, I have too. a question for Donald. Go ahead, Donald. So you're you're on the street every day, yes. okay? So you're interacting with a, you know a lot of gang kids and whatnot. Are you familiar with like the the gang leaders and you know them all by name or whatnot? I mean, I mean, I know some. Okay, you know, I know some of them, but the, the gang situation is different. It's not. It's not like. You know, we're not, we're not like Chicago. Yeah, yeah. We're not like a Detroit, Michigan, who mm-hmm. their gang dynamic is serious. But what we have here now is a lot of young people. You know, and I'm, I'm just going to jump out the window with this. So about four years ago, was it about four years ago when we cut the buses, school yeah. buses for the seventh and eighth graders? Yep. I voted, I, we, I voted against that. It's the stupidest thing that we now ever did. they have to so, do the subway. So, so, so let me show you what happened. Okay. Let me, let me show you what happened. Yep. Because right? I, I had a conversation with, with the mayor. This actually time. was four years. It's two, it was 2014, yes. Because my, my son was just going into the seventh grade. And I was like, there's no way my son's getting on the T. So come, come that school year, we had two major issues on the orange line. Then we had an uptick in, you know, violence with the young people. But then we had another large uptick of gang gang members now that are like 13, 14, 12 years old. Because before on the school bus, I could pass by Monica's area, right? And I had a problem with somebody in that area. I could pass by it on the school bus, no big deal. But now I have to catch the bus and pass through now my... My beef or my smoke is what they call it, can get on the same bus with me. Right. Now I have an issue. So now I gotta make a decision. I can't tell my parents that I'm that I'm having issues because now I'm telling. You know, that that false Don't sense snitch. of snitching, right? So now I can't tell. So now I have to make a decision. I either get down with the gang 
well, I got to get my little weapon so I can get to school and back and forth. So now we have kids getting arrested for weapons in school. It would have never happened if the school buses were still available. Mm. So I, w- I want to jump on that. So, so I voted against Marty's first uh, education budget specifically because of this issue. So understand what, ha- what happened. There was a, an eight, the, the, the dumb part about Boston is people continue to try, try to save money in our transportation budget. The reason why Boston's transportation budget is structurally flawed is because during busing, um, they shut down schools in Roxbury, Dorchester, and Mattapan, and, and Hyde Park. So there's physically not enough schools in those areas. In addition, if you think about Boston, we have high schools that are, that, uh, are based on well, your interests. So any kid can go to any high school in the city of Boston, right? Mm-hmm. So the issue that we have here is they cut out yellow school bus service for 7th and 8th graders. So mind you, you could have a younger bro- brother or, or, or sister who's in the 5th grade. They get on the bus. The bus comes to, is, you might actually literally be standing next to them. They can get on a damn bus, and you can't. So they did this to say, to, to quote-unquote save uh, $3.5 million. So the most interesting thing was the next year when we had the budget come up. So, again, I voted against this. The, that budget vote was 7 to 6. By the way, this, this is why it matters who's in, in office. That was a 7 to 6 budget vote. He, um, his first budget almost failed. For, for education. We needed some other other folks. I'm not going to go there right now. But when it comes down to it, uh, the, the next year they come to us, the budget's $10 million more than the year before. So I'm like, okay, um, I'm not an accountant, but I can count. Okay? So I don't understand. You told me you're going to save $3.5 million. So how is the budget... $10 million more. And if we want to actually do that properly in accounting, if you were supposed to save $3.5 million and then your new budget is $10 million more, that's actually an increase of $13.5 million from what you actually told me. The flip side of that is we have young men and young women who are my, they, they're my size as a seventh grader and an eighth grader. Uh, there's, you know, young, uh, how, how tall are your daughters? Six, five and six, four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you have young men who are having these issues around violence. You have young women who are receiving attention uh, that adult women would receive. And I'm still going through that with the girls. So uh, I went live recently with my daughter just so she could talk about her experience with uh, catching public transportation and having grown men. Uh, look at her and my other daughter because of their size and she she says to me but mommy I'm a kid why can't they see that I'm a kid and uh, of course you know my kids are six five and six four so that that may be slightly difficult but yeah. you can look in her face and she sees a child and she's like um, she's even been harassed by adults that assume she is an adult on public transportation so I told them from this point on like you don't take the tea I'm just literally getting up at five o'clock in the morning to make sure that you guys get to school because she's like mommy I can't keep doing it I never forget one day she was on a bus and she called me. I, I felt helpless. Like I couldn't get to her quick enough right. to deal with what she was dealing with on an MBTA. And it's like, that's what our kids go through every day. But there was, a, and then the, the ignorance during that time was we want to encourage more children to walk for health reasons, walk uh-huh. through communities where they're shooting. Wait, who said that? 
So it was this. Um, I, I don't know who it was. It was like a part of the BPS. Uh, they had a, a subcommittee. You subcommittee. Know, so this yeah. Is what, this is what happens, right? When you want to do something, yep. you have a subcommittee mm-hmm. or or uh, some type of uh, uh, task force mm-hmm. that that this occurs, and they, they're going to tell you. And, and uh, Martin Luther King, I think, but best said it. He called it tranquilizing thalidomide, right? right. So this is something that is they're, they're actually killing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but they're making you feel kind of good about it, right. uh, and they as, and they as, tied as walking to school to the health risk of kids being mobile and exercising, yeah. and they're like, "You're gonna walk to school, and it's gonna be great." And I'm thinking to myself, "You talk about the kids in Roxbury who walked past a deceased person who was murdered just to get into an elementary school, and that body laid outside for hours. Um, these are the same kids you yeah. told to walk, right?" And so. A lot of times they make decisions. They're not consulting the people who will be most affected. You have a group of people making decisions that are clueless. And I've always I've been saying it for years. I will continue to say it when you get ready to make a decision right about a community, specifically communities of color. I challenge you to drop your child off in that community at nine o'clock at night. Go home and tell me how comfortable you feel. Right. Right. Drop your child off in that community. Right. Go home. And then wait for them to tell you that they're okay. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think, too, I want to point out something that goes along with that because it's back to your initial question. Yes, sir. Gang stuff, mm-hmm. right? So we had, with the last two years, we've had like 16, 17-year-olds getting shot, right? Yep. And that I would get a little closer to that, Mike. Donald. We have 16 and 17-year-olds getting shot yep. or being the perpetrators of the shootings and stabbings, right? And I, and I feel like that's directly connected to those four years ago when we when we moved those school buses. You know, and I, I posted something earlier today, you know, how you get the memories popping mm-hmm. up. I took the young man's name out on purpose because I didn't want to give the family some more trauma. But I remember that that situation was so heavy for me because it was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was out with my family, so I had to cut my, my day short and go in for this particular thing. And then I watched it, you know, I watched him try to save this young man's life. But then at the memorial, to hear a grown man who was walking by me with his son, and he told me that he was out there when the situation was going on, but he took off because, you know, it got a little crazy. And I didn't say anything to him because I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to say it nice. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you watched two young people argue. Mm-hmm. And you didn't do anything about it. And then this young man had time to go home, come back with a knife wow. when there were probably, you know, you know how, you know how yeah. Columbia Road is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, another, another, doesn't matter the day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and there's somebody the out there. Not too long ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, but there's grown men, grown men that could have said, hey, let's cut that out. And, and, and there's something to be said. That, and that's a structural piece around adults being adults. We have to step up when we hear something and to have these conversations and understand a lot of folks are looking for guidance because right. by the way, right. when it comes down to it, whether there's rules or your own household, mm-hmm. by the way, there's rules in gangs too, right? right? So there it has be to be an opportunity <laughs> to, to actually choose that structure and rules. And most of the young people, and I'm, I'm 42 now, the, the folks who I grew up around, that heart, I don't believe, is in most of these the, most of, most of these young people in, the, in this generation. If they're engaged, uh, we have t- we have uh, on a regular basis we have between five and seven thousand young people who don't get a summer job, right? So we have a sixty-six million dollar overtime budget for the Boston Police Department, and you have for ten million bucks you can 
employ every single young person. And by right. the way, Donald Do- Do- remembers, and, and Monica remembers, red shirts. Red shirt, right. right? So back in the day, I know, and I, some of my friends were doing some things that they shouldn't do, but they would go to work. <laughs> they would mm-hmm. go to work for those eight hours, get that money, right. and and do what they, the other stuff they were doing. But the great part is you're able to occupy those eight hours you give them some skill sets, some accountability, right. and some things. Some good things can actually come. I out mean, of that. I agree. I also think that there's a major piece that's being left out, and nobody really focuses on it. When I say nobody, I mean Marty Walsh. Um, it's that social piece, right? Because we we uh, oftentimes we do all this advocacy work for the young person, totally negating the household structure, right? Mm. And if you have a young person and you're just rallying around that young person, but they're going home to a house that is lacking, it's almost like you're working against it and, and you're just running in circles. It's like doing donuts, right? And so... My frustration is, is getting people to recognize the systematic things and the legislative things that Marty Walsh has done that has caused a lot of the violence that has happened in communities of color because we know that violence is a symptom, right, to mm-hmm. poverty. When you look at the households, um, not even the households, I'll do you one better. When you look at the city of Boston's uh, Imagine Boston report, right, Roxbury is the highest in all the wrong categories. It's the highest, every single, and, right, one. Every single one. Roxbury is off the charts. We so are the, <laughs> right. Um, we're the highest in uh, low life expectancy. We're the highest in income inequality. Seventy eight percent of households single parent women. We're thirty three percent below poverty level. He is gentrifying the hell out of Roxbury. And so when you when you put all of those things into play, these kids. Somebody said to me the other day on my social media is, "Are they out here killing each other over drugs?" And I go, "No." Because it's not, they're not, right? No, it's not it's really. survival at this point. Yeah. It, it's 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 survival. Also realizing that the gang dynamics have changed. A lot of them are school-based. Right, right. right? They're not street-based. So they're not representing blocks and neighborhoods. They organize online. Right. And, like, if you're not on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, yep. you're losing. Right. And, and and just to add with what you said, too, you know, one of the things that I, that I find is a lot of kids of repping hoods mm-hmm. that they never been to right. based, based on real based on their friends my, my friend lives in Warren Garden right, right. block so, so now that's where I'm representing but, but you never been also yeah. that's even more dangerous right yeah because it's block hopping. You're repping whatever you're associated with at the time. So me and Mike can be from Franklin Hill, but then afterwards, you know, me and Mike have a falling out. I don't want to talk to Mike no more. So I'm going to go hang with Donald and we from Morton Street or wherever. Right. And now I'm recognized as being with Mike from Franklin Hill, but now I'm on Morton Street. So it's that lack of trust, right? Between the ranks. Yeah. So now I have the liability of being killed this way or this way. Right. And so listen, the, the dynamics have changed, but I think one of the things that's frustrating is we watched the Boston Police Department put together all this technology to track the Tito Jackson extremists. You guys are not ahead of what's happening on social media. I sat on social media for five minutes and was able to find out who was beefing, what those beefs looked like, where they were going to meet up at. That's just me as an individual. And you didn't, hold on, but you didn't need the $1.6 million for a contract Mm -mm. to do that? You could actually All I needed was T-Mobile. Shout out to (laughs) T-Mobile. You could could hire young people. You can give them some root root beer. Right. Well, actually, uh, uh, Skittles now, not Mm M&M's. And some Slim Jims. And they would actually be able to to be proactive about this. And and Donald and I have had Mm -hmm. this conversation, whereas individuals will go online and show you what they're about to use, the issues that they're about to have. And if you're able to, now mind you, 
they track our party. Right. Mm-hmm. If you if, if if we say we're all having a party, yep. um, Mike's gonna be selling his his secret punch. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't have a secret punch. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> um, so Mike's gonna be selling his secret punch for five dollars. They're gonna be at our doorstep, mm-hmm. right? So if you're able to track parties, how are you not able to track young men? Excuse me, who are brandishing? Weapons, many of them semi-automatic, weapon, uh, semi-automatic weapons on their uh, Instagram page um, and, and sending messages to, to rival gang members. And, and actually, this happened not that long ago. Well, I love. It, the in, individual whose father was shot mm-hmm. based on uh, some beef back online. and forth. It beef, be, online. beef online. Now, mind, this is, this, and sad, I'm not going to say the, the name, but this is a situation where Mike and I are beefing online, right? Mike's dad happens to be outside, so I say, "What's go- what's going on?" All this other stuff, out. and I say, "Yo, well, come see me." Yep. You're outside, and literally, this this individual's father got killed mm. based on this this interaction. Mm-hmm. And so, I think there's a lot that has to be said um, about what happens in real time. In addition to these issues around um, transportation and ab- people's ability to, to get safely across the city. And by the way, let's also just pull back. The T is, is horrible right. this week. Yeah. Um, what, when, when, fire on the uh, fire, red the, line. You have fire. Windows blew out or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say get off a yellow bus and get on a T. It's so it's so dependable, right? You have young people who who are gonna get tardies. <laughs> They're going to get detentions, all of those other things, because they can't even depend on the T. The T that's actually operating at over 100% of capacity right now, the T that has cars that are, so understand, a T car, car is supposed to last 25 years. The orange line train cars are the same elevated orange line train cars that when they had the L in the city of Austin, right? So they're over 50 something years old Mm -hmm. and we're gonna, you know, actually we're talking about safety for young people. Mm -hmm. I like having fireside chats. Mm -hmm. I just don't like having, having to do that inside of an orange line car, right? Right. That's not where we should, we should do it. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of work to do structurally. Now, mind you, that actually is a governor's, that, that piece right there around the MBTA, that's something that we need to be holding the, the governor, uh, the folks in the Senate, and the folks in the House accountable for. And that's why, as you folks have done, because you guys out-organized them, um, now I think it's important that the Young Jerks actually hold people accountable. And there should be a Young Jerks Bill of Rights mm-hmm. um, that is that is developed, and people actually sign on. And it's not based on an individual um, who's running. It's actually based on the things that you care about. That's it. Um, we have, uh, I saw another video, and I, I know Monica, again, Monica, I'm, I get all my stuff from. <laughs> uh, this video from Keith Antonio, mm. he posted a video. Herbie, this is the part where I want you to play that video get it up. Um, and basically, he posted a, a Facebook video of an interaction with a Boston, two Boston police uh, officers, one of whom... Uh, he seemed cool with, and the other one he didn't seem cool, cool with. Mm-hmm. Like there was a problem, uh, and I think the Boston police officer really did not look good with some of the things he said towards the end. Uh, but you know, uh, we're gonna play. Do we have the video? Um, not yet. 
We're going to give Herbie a second. Sometimes anger management classes need to take place because he got angry in that video. The police officer. Yeah, see. I think it goes beyond anger management. I would push back and say that it's a systematic issue. You have a police commissioner that doesn't want to acknowledge that racism exists within his police department. Oh, just the police commissioner? Hold on. He ain't the only one, but we talk about him right now, right? Um, And... Even him himself have made racially charged comments in regards to black and brown young men in our community. And I sat in his office last year and I was like, because he wanted to meet and, you know, figure out what it looks like to get things done in a community. And I, and I said to him, I was like, so listen, do me a favor, right? Stop talking poorly about black and brown young men in a community that you haven't reached out a hand to help. And I said, before you get ready to say anything, I don't want to hear about ice cream trucks and basketball games because it goes far beyond that. And he said, Said to me I only did that once or twice and I was like that was once or twice too many right and so we have to address the fact that if we never acknowledge that there's a problem it's hard to solve it when he doesn't want to even acknowledge it the other thing that I wanted to bring up was um part of this prevention piece is fully funding the things that we know that work with all the money that's being funneled in the Boston Police Department but we only give a million dollars to the street workers which is a program through the city of Boston which the mayor has to do violence prevention and intervention work so I had a conversation with him and then and and out of the 50 street workers and I'm going to stretch this number there's about eight that actually do the work and the rest of them are at home eating cheese sandwiches and the other half are just as street involved as the young people that they claim to be serving and protecting and trying to intervene in that space. And when you say street involved. Okay, so let me break it down for you because you know I tell the truth, right? That's why I asked, man. Man, listen. So, um... You can't go buy crack off the young man and then tell the police he got crack. That's not how it works. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't go on the block, smoke weed, and drink with these young people, record it, chill, have fun, and high-five them, and then go tell the police everything that they're involved in. You're part of the problem. And lastly, I would say this. And I'll use me and Donald as an example because Donald does this work, right? So... I'm from Franklin Hill. Let's say you're from Franklin Hill. We're just saying, right? For semantics, right? Okay. And let's say that you know that there's going to be a shooting happen between the two of us. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to have the ability to mitigate that situation and make sure that there's not loss of life on either end instead of giving me the drop on Donald because we're friends. Mm -hmm. You have street workers doing that because they are still hood affiliated. That's problematic. If you don't have people who have a heart for this work and their number one concern is making sure everyone stays alive, then you're going to continuously have this problem where you have people out here doing this work who are only out here to be involved in it and not actually prevent it right and then what happens is is you get all of these people they're doing this work they're like the ghetto gurus that's what I call them right so you get out here and it's like I know all the gang stuff and everybody should talk to me where in all actuality you're part of the problem because what you're doing is you're playing both sides which is just as dangerous as um, being gang involved because once you break the trust of young people let me tell you something we're not dealing with ignorant young people They are highly educated business professionals and marketers. Why? Because they've been doing this and they've mastered it. So you get out here and you're you're playing both sides. They look at you and they go, okay, well, we can't trust you. So now we got to get rid of you. Right. So now we're jeopardizing your life. And I think that we need a mayor that actually understands that 
when you want something to work, you fully fund it. During the 90s, it was this thing, the Boston Miracle, right? Yep. And they mm-hmm. used that hashtag to get all this yep. federal funding, yep. right? Yep. And it was like, that was the hashtag, let's get all this money. Crime was down 12%, not because of the Boston Police Department. It was because of community activists. It was because of youth workers, street yep. workers, as everyday parents and community people yep. who invited the police into our communities and said, these are the families that need help and this is who needs what, right? The city of Boston strategically increased crime to continue to receive funding. So in my mind, you know what works. You're refusing to do it. We're not having a conversation of you wanting ideas. It's do your job at this point, right? Because Marty Walsh grew up here. He said he's from Dorchester, right? So I need him to understand that before he was mayor, he was a state representative who was responsible for legislation. Do your job. And a budget is a value statement where you put your money tells the people what you're what concerned, you, about. What you're concerned yeah. about right and so again there there's not enough money for schools but yet and still there's a 66 million dollar overtime. overtime budget Great. and no one's so so again kids have to go out in the streets to beg for five million dollars because that's what the that's what the um the uh, walkout was about they mm-hmm. got they got additional five million dollars the, the police department understand when i was on the council that uh Two years ago, the the budget was thirty five million dollars for overtime. That was raised by another twenty twenty five million dollars. So it was either fifty five or sixty million, and then they still blew through it at sixty six million dollars. I'll do you one better. There's twenty five organizations responsible for violence prevention and intervention work that receive money from the Boston Police Department with no accountability. We don't know the success rates. We don't know the failure rates. We don't know who they're working with, what those outcomes look like. But they're steady getting money. Why are we funding things that we don't even know what the hell they're doing? It's problematic. So your goal is not to uh, solve or prevent any of this stuff. The goal is to continue to get this money. And the last thing I would say is this, right, Tito? So Boston Foundation did this amazing report. You sent it to me. You remember? Right. They spent nine million dollars to incarcerate Franklin Field, which is one community in the city of Boston. The violence prevention budget for the state is six point five million dollars. You spent. Slow slow down. Slow down and break down what you just said one more time. So they spent nine million dollars to incarcerate Franklin Field, which is a neighborhood. A neighborhood. What do you mean incarcerate? Per square mile. Okay. But meaning young people who live in that. $535 a bed, Suffolk County. Yep. Right? Yep. $9 million to incarcerate that one community. The violence prevention budget for the state is $6.5 million. So you spent more to incarcerate one neighborhood? They spent $7.5 million for Cobman Square, Grove Hall, and uh, what was it? Eggleston. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Each. Each. Right. So... If you look at the report, it says what they spent was more than Bunker Hill Community College and Roxbury Community College budgets combined. That's what you spent to incarcerate people. Prevention is not what you're looking it's a to huge do. Huge lobby. Oh yeah. Uh, law enforcement and prosecution and incarceration is such a big lobby. And, and way bigger than the spenders oh, yeah. we talk okay. about all the time. Yeah. There's I, no. There's no. It doesn't seem like there's any outreach to educate. No. I, I want to go back to that question. Uh, we we don't have the video, but <laughs> I think people saw it. Uh, did you see the video we're talking about? I, yes, I, I did. What do you think about it? I, uh-huh. I want to ask Tito. I didn't see, oh, they I, took the video down. I, I didn't. What's which video is this? So it's this young man named Keith Antonio. It was on my uh, Facebook page, but I've since been told that they take the, they took the video down. He um, was in an Uber, 
and the police were following him while in the Uber. He got out the Uber and he automatically began recording because he knew that the police were going to roll up on him. This officer jumps out the car and he goes, what's your name? And he goes, why are you stopping me? And the officer continuously asks him what his name is. And then he goes, why are you home at 12 o'clock in the afternoon? You don't have a job. Why are you even out here? You don't have nothing to do. The young man persists to say, why are you, you still haven't told me why you stopped me and why you are harassing me. You see me in the Uber um, and I knew you were going to stop me. And the officer agreed. Yes, I did see you and I was going to stop you. And he said, I'm, I'm going to get a haircut. And he was like, the officer said to him, you look clean to me. You look like you already have a haircut. And so, you know, the interaction was him basically saying that he's not allowed to be home at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. He has to be up to mischief because he's home. Um, as a young black man and you can't take it no other way than that black man in the wrong neighborhood in the wrong neighborhood right in the middle of a work day basically. yeah in the middle of a work day and so it's a, you have to be selling crack if you're home at 12 Tito right. and, and everyone works 9 to 5 where did you get your phone was another question yeah and so it was clearly a situation of racial profiling, but it's not new for the Boston Police Department you have a commissioner that doesn't even want to acknowledge it and the moment you push back on him he does that token thing right he goes we have Chief Gross so we're not racist. What do you think? Okay, great. Happen? We love Chief Gross. You still have a racist police department, right? Because it's systematic. I hate when people do the whole, well, what about the good police officers? Systematic. You're not going to nitpick one by one. Right. These individual officers, they work for an organization whose history was structured to rally slaves. So what I need you to understand is, is that this police department is racist. Let's call it what it is. Also realizing that Mara Healy, enforces the state troopers to go through racial bias training. Why does that not happen for the Boston Police Department? Do you think, what do you think should happen to this Boston Police uh, officer? Anything? Yeah, I think he needs to be penalized. I think he needs to be suspended. Or, or Listen, if you ask me, you fire them all, but that's just my personal yeah. opinion. But, but this is also why, structurally speaking, we need an agency, mm. a separate independent agency that actually looks at so most Love other most other major cities right. um, actually have an independent civilian review board that actually looks at issues such as this the the, it, the you know I'm I'm sorry I'm not going to ask Herbie about something that Mike did like right. I, you know they you guys are boys right so that that's not the way uh, to to do it when it comes down to it this is there's there's an opportunity for us to have accountability one of the accountability measures it is to have a judge and jury uh, that is going to be one that's actually accountable to the people and not right. necessarily the, the organization. In addition, this is also one of the reasons why there should be footage. So this is the interesting hmm. thing. If, they, if that, if that, if they had a body camera, right. right? That in that interaction could now be looked at. Maybe it's not on Facebook, and the problem with now it being, he recorded it on Facebook Live, it might be gone forever, mm -hmm. right? The fact is, if he had that information, he then uh, could say, hey, this date, this time, um, in this area, this occurred, and then we could actually look at, uh, look at it again. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this is one of the reasons why you need to encourage Mayor Walsh, um, as well as the Boston City Council, to actually have accountability. And what you should say to them is that no one should vote for the police budget or the, the in, in this case, it, it would be um, uh, the, not the capital, the operating budget, um, if they don't have 
this actual metric in there of having uh, uh, body cameras and some accountability. Also realizing that we deal with uh, a strong mayor or a weak city council. So even if the whole city council that's agree, true. he'll come through and veto it because that's just who he is. He's kingpinning city hall right now. But uh, I guess for me, the other piece is, is this, right? Because um, you know, Tito, I, listen, I won't, I won't snitch, but I will tell. Um, <laughs> When you're dealing with people who are in charge of public safety, they have to be cognizant of what that looks like. Um, me and city councilor Andrea Campbell went head to head when, you know, um, we tried to have a hearing around the violence in the city of Boston. And, um, you know, I do my homework. I fight I with facts. Go. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. So um, we tried to have a meeting with her behind closed doors. She was new. We had never had any interactions. You give anyone an opportunity, right? And this is the part where I tell people I call you in before. Before I call you out so you know we had this meeting you know Donald <laughs> we had this meeting and um, realizing that we weren't going to get anywhere right so I begin to crunch my data right because once I realized that you you know the bait and switch I have zero tolerance for it I crunched the data at the time she had seven hearings right in regards to violence and and the things happening in the city of Boston Six of those hearings were to give the Boston Police Department more funding. During that time, there were 25 shootings in communities of color and 17 homicides. Each one of those was an opportunity for you to speak your voice, right? And I say it all the time, and people find it controversial, being black ain't enough, right? Because granted, she's a black woman, and I think that that's amazing that she's there. But if you're in that position and you're not going to do the things that are need to be done in communities of color, then you're just a black face. And so... When we talk about the city council pushing back on the mayor, we need a strong stance. You can't just get in there and pedal and play to whatever it is that he's saying because your silence is deadly to my community, mm, right? right? When you get in that space and you don't speak truth to power, there are bodies that are piling up in my That's community. And so, I, listen, if they can get it done on a city council and actually push back against this mayor and, and, and really believe in accountability and not just that hashtag that people use because it sounds good, then I'm all for it but also realizing that it's going to take drastic changes when it comes to prevention and how we're dumping money into things that are not working and you need to have accountability where the power lies and and to your point the mayor of the city of boston can unilaterally do actually all of the issues that we just spoke about mm -hmm. the mayor can unilaterally affect change in all of those spaces this year there's going to be over a seven percent increase in real estate tax revenue so why does that matter? Uh, well, we know inflation's about 3% mm -hmm. per year. So that's double inflation. That's a lot of, a lot money, of money that's actually going to be on the, on the table. The question is, where do those dollars flow? Because right. as I noted, a budget is a value statement. If, if Monica doesn't pay her rent and buys uh, you know, brand, brand new uh, Jordans, um, that, me, that tells us what she values. Mm -hmm. When it right. comes down to it, if we're, we're, we're giving... All of this money for overtime or all of this money for, for things other than our children, other than our education, G. or even arming Amazon. Amazon or or not even preventing violence. When you remove someone from the city who you know is gonna get shot, right? That actually is preventing at least one shooting right. because the person I will tell you the individual who's most likely to get shot is the one who just got shot. Right. Right. So Yeah, it's like uh you have that thing that you were talking about, uh California, yeah. The oh, the end. Richmond model. The Richmond model, and they, and they basically pointed out who the people in the community are. Yeah, and they went to them, and and you gave them resources. The thing is, if I were if I was able to give Donald and and Monica a, a ten million dollar budget and said, hey, you know what? 
for the folks who we know are, are in these acute situations, take, take them out of the city, set them up with the things that they, they need to be uh, set up with. I want them in school and or work and, and, and the like. What ended up happening, and again, the fifth, the, they, they, Richmond, California had the fifth highest murder rate in the United States uh, of America. They were able to drop their shootings because the problem I have is I assume every time a gun is discharged, it's trying to kill somebody. It's a right? potential so, loss so, of life. So seven over seventy four percent decrease in shootings because they gave the people the issue uh, the, the the needs uh, that they had. When you get out of jail, several things people forget: you don't have housing. Right, because and if you're a felon, you can't get into any affordable housing programs because, in general, it's 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 uh, not part of the rules. In addition, you don't have a job, and you have many obstacles in, in order uh, to go ahead and get a job. Sometimes you don't have health care, and you haven't been able to fill fill out or may not have filled out uh, the paperwork. Many people have uh, dual diagnoses, and so they they need their medication, and there's going to be a lag in, in in their medication. So there's all of these issues. But by the way, you know they just came back from a traumatic situation. They're coming back into the community. I believe it's like three thousand people a year yeah. who are coming back to Suffolk County, aka Boston. And we're not catching them um, in a way that's actually going to help them. Again, these are structural policy-based issues that our mayor, um, as well as our council, but in particular our mayor, because as you noted, it's, it's a, it, understand when we say weak uh, city council, the issue structurally is the council cannot change a line item. So when you hear line item veto and all that other stuff, meaning can the Boston City Council say, um, a, a city worker, the, the, the street workers program is a million dollars. Can we move, can, can we vote and amend the budget to make it two million dollars? The Boston City Council does not have their power. And so that's what I mean by, by we. It runs everything. Yeah. So uh, how much did, like how much money are we talking? Like 70, I think you said 76%, 70 something percent loss. How much does it cost to make So it? the interesting part about the Richmond model, um, their actual program I want to say it was like one point two million dollars um, for the for the trip. It's a, it's literally a drop in them because it's the issue. You're not talk when we're talking about people who drive crime. Let's also pull this back. There's three hundred individuals. It's probably less than that. But if we're talking about actual drivers, right? We have. And I one day met a young man. Um, I think Donald was was there. Uh, young man who runs. He was 15 years old, and 150 guys follow him. 150 guys follow. So you know what? If we can get him a job, by the way, you know what? We have 150 young men who are gonna be like, "Hey, how come I don't get a job? I'm not. I'm not. This this isn't happening." So we have to be nimble enough in our budgeting, because we. Because by the way, if we we have enough money to have people stay overtime, huh. right, we have these millions. If we had that that nimbleness in, in in the budget, as I noted, so last year we had over 140 million dollar year over year increase in the, the whole budget, mm -hmm. right? So there's there's dollars, we're not in the deficit spending side, but the question is, are we gonna do the same old stupid stuff that has led us uh, to have the type of trauma that we have in our neighborhoods and communities. And not just talk about trauma response, because that's a joke, too. Like, you know, uh, there was a meeting not too long ago, and shout out to James Hill, the We Need to Know meeting, and it was supposed to be this accountability session, and I sat in that space, and my blood was boiling. 
because the trauma response people go well we're like 911 so if you need us you call us and my and my frustration yeah. is is I'm sorry when a shooting happens you get an yeah. alert just like EMS the difference is is like Tito told me when you call 911 the ambulance the fire department and the police come and then whoever's not needed leaves right so why do I have to call you when a shooting or a stabbing happens yeah. because I learned this do, through doing trauma work that every time one person is a victim, up to 20 people are affected from that community. So if we know that, then why aren't we being preventative in that aspect? And so I just I've come to the conclusion that the goal is not prevention because crime pays. Right. And so when that's the situation now, resistance is necessary. And it's like, what are you going to do? Either you're going to address me privately or you're going to address me publicly, but you will address me. Right. That was Monica Cannon Grant, where her group organization is Violence in Boston. Violence in Boston. We also have Donald Osgood Sr. running for Mass State Senate. Uh, and we have Tito Jackson here, who's a former Boston City Councilor, uh, mayoral candidate of the past, and, and I think he's running again. It sounds like it today. It really does. Mm, you just like to spread rumors. Don't this brother like to spread rumors? I'm not the only one asking. As long as he ain't asking me, I'm good. New Cable Tuesday asked last night. Did she ask last night? Yes, she did. Yeah. So everyone's asking. People in the studio, the the New Year's program wanted to know as well. Everyone wants to know. Felix G. Arroyo, just the last couple of days, a uh, story came out. Uh, basically, you know, he's been under a, kind of a cloud, uh, lost his job, in, uh, uh, you know, working for the city of Boston. Which uh, fast. Hmm. And now With no like, thought process. It looks like he may kind of be exonerated here because, like, uh, the woman uh, who filed the ethics complaint against him has dropped it. They're saying civil suit, but I don't know how that how you go civil after you drop the complaint. Well, this Do you have is, any comment on this? Woo, you know I do. It, can I go first? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Um, so first and foremost, I want to highlight the fact that Felix was fired strictly because he was a man of color because and, and minus the situation, because it's not my job to defend the actual situation. I'm defending the process. I want to be clear about that. Right. So Felix Giarroyo had an accusation. He was never criminally charged. He was never arraigned. There were never any criminal charges. It was like whatever that internal system is that they do before they take it to the next level. Right. There was an allegation made. And it was supposed to be investigated. He was fired. Meanwhile, Tim Sullivan, Kenneth Brissett, under federal indictment. White guys. White guys. Clear folks. Still receiving their pay and their legal fees are paid by City Hall. Your taxpayer dollars. While they're under federal indictment. Mind you, Marty Walsh was a part of that case. We not going to negate that, right? So when you talk about racism not existing in City Hall, I believe if you did the crime, then you need to answer to those you, charges. But let's have the same though, protocol. Think, for those two other guys, the fact that they're white is interesting. Hmm. But at the same time, I also think they're Marty's guys. Oh, yeah, they're his homies. They, they uh, probably know information that could, you know, get Marty in the same position. You know, it's kind of yeah. like... It's kind of like, you know, they're, they're, he's trying to... I, I just wonder if it's maybe... That well, let's too. not leave the media out of this also. Right. Because okay? you didn't hear anything about this. You heard Arroyo all day long. Right. right. Okay? But, you know, it wasn't until you even mentioned their names... Right. ...that it, it snapped into my head. Wait, well, that's right. I forgot. You made yeah. that business. And nothing ever came out Nothing. Of it. So it was no like way. you had a snippet of an article here, a snippet yeah, of an article there, and that was it. Felix, they dragged his behind for, like, weeks, and then they brought up his father... And 
and they made it this big story and it was like they drug his family right and we know that when things like that happen right the the emotional impact that it has on a family right as well as his, the chain effect right as well as the victim or the potential victim in that case the issue is this he did not get an opportunity to be innocent until proven guilty he was deemed guilty and fired wherein you kept your two homeboys on payroll and you're paying their legal fees right and they're under federal indictment again there's another friend on his staff that has sexual slash harassment charges who's still on payroll right and that's pat brophy his right hand but again if you ain't his right hand then that's problematic and time and time again we watch this happen, not just in City Hall, but it happens within the Boston Police Department where officers of color are ridiculed, treated poorly, drug tested, and degraded while clear officers are treated to this high regard. And unless you play the game and you keep your mouth shut, you're treated poorly. We have to call that out when we see it. And I blame elected officials as well because open your mouth. Like what happened in that situation wasn't new. Imagine the people in City Hall that seen and heard things, right? But were too afraid to speak up because there's consequences. And one of the things that frustrates me is I learned a lot when I was uh, volunteering with Tito on his campaign for mayor, right? Watching the level of disrespect he experienced as a candidate for mayor was atrocious to the point where they're attacking him personally, Um for, for even having the audacity to run, but also realizing that nonprofits are linked to business in this city as well as development. There were so many individuals that were quote unquote advised and threatened not to have his signs in their stores and in their yards that it's disrespectful, right? But this is the culture that has been created. It was like having Whitey Bulger in City Hall. Right. So when you talk about how things have functioned in this city, Man, listen, I well, won't snitch, but I will not, tell. Not just not just when he was a candidate. Oh, okay? yeah. Lately, I mean, I have been listening to his appearances on the media. Okay, yeah. I listened to Jacqueline Cashman give this man crap, okay, and I couldn't believe it. Where do you get off, you rich white lady, giving this poor, <laughs> well, I'm not saying poor, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Giving this man, okay, who got 30,000 votes in a city of 637,000 people. Right. Okay, mainly because the media ignored him yeah. and marginalized him at every Every opportunity, yeah. and that's how I felt. And what was even worse, and, and if you allow me to editorialize, the scrum that I saw afterwards, the Hiberian Hall debate, mm. when the reporter, I think it was from Channel Twenty Five, had the actual temerity to say, "Why would you inject race into this?" <laughs> okay. Oh, because and you the, know, and the man, we're the, the a blue man state. stood there, and 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 and, and he, he, to his credit, he he he. he Answers these questions with grace. Mm -hmm. He will. He will step into the lion's den with Jacqueline Cashman, Kirk Minahan, mm -hmm. okay, Sue O'Connor last night. Okay, she asked him about affordable housing. He gets a soundbite out, and she tri and she switches to the Royals. Okay, yeah. why are you going to ask Tito Jackson about the goddamn Royals? Right. Okay. Right. But also realizing that it's this, it, I call it conscientious stupidity and sincere ignorance, right? So racism doesn't exist in this city. We're progressive. It's a blue state. What are you talking about, race? We're doing great, guys. We're doing great. No, 
what we're dealing with is something different. So in the South, you got the Confederate flags in your face. They call you the N-word to your face. You don't have to guess. You know what it is. They see you. You see them. In Boston, you have khaki pants and button-up shirts, and you have college kids, and you have teachers and police officers who are extremely racist, and you don't know until you press one of their buttons or you have a Trump run for office and forces everybody to show their cards, right? And so when you're dealing with it at that level, that's just like when I did the Fight Supremacy March, right? Yeah, I was going to say, or they come out to the racist rally. And so we did the Fight Supremacy <laughs> March, and it was it was amazing, right? And you got 45,000 people show up to Roxbury. We marched to the Commons. A week and a half, two weeks, Marty Walsh, don't go to that march. Everybody stay home. Don't go to that go march. Go shopping. Go shopping. We even had some people within our community talking about diverting. Listen, he even sent some of his delegation to call my phone and ask me to change my mind, right? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you the conversations that I have because this is who I am. First and foremost, I'm not in these streets parading. I'm not getting a permit. If I get a permit, that's a parade. I'm not parading in these streets. This is racism. That's first and foremost. And I know my rights. After 100 people, I don't need your permit, right? The other piece is, is he was forced to come out, right? When 45,000 people show up in Roxbury, he shows up and he says, Monica, good job, right? Because now you're in a situation where I just pulled 45,000 people to your city against racism. You're going to tell me it don't exist? We go down to the commons. It was ridiculous. But realizing this, right, because people like to jump on the Trump bandwagon and they don't want to recognize it when it's here. All those kids go to Fitchburg State, Framingham State, Worcester. They here with us. They didn't travel here. They live here, right? Also realizing what white supremacy looks like through legislation, courtesy of Governor Baker and, and, and Mayor Walsh. So we were not just standing up for the Trump and Charlottesville. All those things were included, but we were standing up for the white supremacy and racism that happens in the city of Boston and communities of color that goes unaddressed. And if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't recognize it. Like when he allows 720 units to be in Roxbury, and you got to make sixty to seventy thousand to move in, and the median income for Roxbury is twenty eight to thirty thousand. That's disrespectful because you don't want us to move in. That's not for us. Who is it for? Right. So I digress. Donald Osgood Sr., you have any comment on anything we've been talking about? <laughs> Closer the, to the mic. The the race the racism piece for me is a big deal. You know, I I grew up in the South End, mm. and so being in the South End was pretty diverse, but I'm gonna I'm I'm skip that. I'm gonna skip that. I'm gonna go right to something else because it's, 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 it's picking my brain, you know, thinking about overtime with the BPD. Um, I had a situation about in November, coming from work, young man hits my car, called the police, you know, like you do, right? Accident situation. No police came for 30 minutes. So for 30 minutes, my life was on the line. You know, I'm on a I'm on the call, you know, talking to the nine one one operator, you know, and, and, and by the grace of God I'm good. But my thing was I work for the city. Hmm. And what if I wasn't mature, knowing how to kinda, you know, watch my surroundings and move like I needed to move to still be around? What if I was somebody different? Mm-hmm. And we had somebody get hurt during that 11.30 to about 12.30 time frame. And so when you talk about overtime money, I'm mad about that. I'm, I'm, I'm very mad about it because, you know, when we start talking racism and accountability, we don't have accountability here. Mm. You know, and that was one of the reasons that I was running for mayor as well, you know, because I felt like right. we need... You ran for mayor too. Yeah. Yes, you did. And, and I, did a, I did a write-in, you know, and I... 
I was glad that I ran because I learned so much. You know, and even even with this Senate run, you know, I wasn't going to do any, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm all set because I was, I encountered some things that just pissed me off. But this Senate run is important. You know, and I'm not running, you know, I don't care about the whole black piece for me being a black man, but I'm going to be an accountable man, you know, in that seat. Because if the legislators are not doing what they need to do to hold the city accountable, then why are they where they are? Hmm. If the mayor and the city council is not doing what they need to do for my community, then what are they there for? I think most people forget the reason that people elect them into office. Hmm. See, I didn't elect... The people that I elected in office, that I voted for into office so that, you know, they could kind of be kings and queens. I voted them in because of the, you know, I'm going to speak about my sister, Andrea. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I voted, when I gave her my vote, I gave her my vote because I felt like she was going to fight for the community. Mm-hmm. And then after a conversation, you know, seeing that you're just a part of the problem, mm-hmm. you know, Going back to the violence, right? So we talk about violence in the city. You know, we talk about, you know, relocation. But then we got to talk about people burying their families. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about victim compensation, right? And so they put together, I think it's $50,000 last year that they put together to pay for families who lost loved ones to the street violence, right? $50,000, that's five funerals. Right. That, actually, it's right. not even five. It might it's be like four, yeah. 4.2. I know. You know? <laughs> not even, yeah. 4.2. Four and so that's for the year. Peanuts. Right. That's yeah. for the year. So if we, let's say, what's this? Nine, nine homicides this from January to yeah. right now, right? Yeah, nine homicides. That budget's blown already. Yeah. Crazy. So, so when you think about, you know, City councilors, mayors, governors, reps, Senate, you know, when you think about all these different people, you know, and I'm and I'm speaking, I want I want the people out there to listen. You know, why I'm the best guy for Senate, you know, I'm gonna say that today. Why I'm the best guy for Senate is because I'm not a part of the machine. I'm not a part of what's already I'm not a part of the status quo. I'm gonna say what I wanna say when I wanna say it. Right. And I don't care about the rest of this stuff. And and when I'm when I'm in that seat, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have every constituent that's willing to come down on days when we're passing bills and things like that or we're lobbying for a particular bill. Listen, look out the window and see who I'm working with. Because that's what we supposed to do. That's what the mayor is supposed to do. That's what the city council is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm at with the situation. That's that's how I feel about that's how I feel about the the violence. That's how I feel about the housing mm-hmm. because the housing is ridiculous. Mm. The housing, I'm seeing whole families homeless. They be, listen. I've had families show up to my door with trash bags. Whole families. So when I was when I was in uh, city council. You know, the last year was was the hardest because understand in 2014 uh, when Mayor Walsh got in, um, I was and I got I became chair of the education committee. There were 1,500 family, uh, 1,500 young people in the Boston public schools that we knew of. Now there are over 4,000 hmm. families. And, and again, those young people come from a family, right? So um, that 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 we know of, just related 
to the Boston Public Schools. And I say the reason why I say that we know of there's people who are sleeping in their cars. There's all kinds of stuff that that is actually happening uh, in in and around uh, our our communities. And when we there is a trickle down economic housing theory in the city of Boston right now. Just because you are building housing doesn't mean it is housing that people can afford. Mm-hmm. Recently, I went on, online and um, there's. I used to like to go to D'Angelo's and, and Fenway. Um, it's now really, really big. Oh new yeah, building. That, that giant, uh, <laughs> yeah, right yeah, on the corner. Right, right? Yeah. it's called the Pierce, right? Yeah, that's Fenway. Yeah, right. Yeah, Fenway, yeah, right, 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 right up Burger King used to be too. Yeah, right over the Burger King. You know, yeah, exactly. You, so for the big brothers, right you, did, you the can McDonald's. You, you, yeah, you can help the big brother go with by, by the food places, right? So you okay, cool. Yeah, okay, messing yeah. with the brother. Okay, so when it comes, so I was like, that D'Angelo's isn't there anymore. How much is the is is housing in that in that building? A studio was they said in the twenty nine hundreds, and a three bedroom was in the seven thousands. And mind you, they define the three-bedroom as like 1,100 square feet, Jeez. right? So when we begin to think about a city where most of these are being, uh, so that's a, those are rentals. If they're being purchased, when you look at Millennium Tower, that's on top of Filene's downtown, mm-hmm. right? That building, someone did an analysis, has now, now finally made its way to the globe. Uh, interestingly, it made its way to the globe after um, the uh, The same election. way they have in race yeah. discussions all yeah, of a sudden, right? It just, you know, race, race did, racism didn't exist until last uh, December. Sure. Um, and so, but what, what they looked at is they said, how many people inside the Millennium Tower, which is about 500 uh, uh, units, how many people took something called the homestead? The homestead sh- shows that you're an owner occupier, right? That means you live over fifty percent of the year. It's, it's, you have to do it to protect your place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a ta- you get a tax you get a, t- uh, a, a tax write off for this, right? Mm-hmm. Only twenty percent of the people right. were taking this. Yep. So what does that mean? That means eighty percent of the people either don't live there for over 50% of the year, or they purchased it and rented it out, right? Right. So it's an investment, or I'm sorry, there are also other units in there where people purchase the units and won't let anybody actually live in there. Right. So there's something to be said about policies. There's policies about flipping um, uh, that uh, happen in other cities where they actually have a tax. If you're, there's a speculator's tax that kind of goes along with that. In addition, there's also some policies uh, in Vancouver, they're doing some really interesting work because what they found out is that these were havens for uh, people laundering money. Right. Right. Because I'm saying, how many, people, how many people in the world have eight million dollars just to spend on some place that they're not going to live, right. and they and they send it over in cash, right? <laughs> right. So we have to begin to think about Donald and, and Trump. That's who we saw. Yeah, yeah. He bought that house in the, he, he, he paid for thir- he paid thirty million for. He sold it to Russia for a hundred, and he never Money even stepped foot in the place. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's so these say. are the types of things that we should also be thinking of. And we again, we live in a city where fifty percent of people make thirty five thousand dollars or less. Study just came out last week that said you need to make seventy eight thousand dollars to live in the city of Boston. So fifty percent of people make thirty five thousand dollars or less. They're building all of this uh, quote unquote housing. The question is who for. And who's actually going to live in there? And then on top of that, let's, let's talk about Amazon, right? So if Amazon comes here, and people need to understand what Amazon said that they were going to. So first off, Amazon does, is not treating its employees well. 
uh, the people who work at fulfillment centers, if you can talk to any of those folks, they're not being treated well. But in addition, um, Amazon said that they want to bring 50,000 50, new jobs, right? So if this is the headquarters, right, and those people are working in the headquarters, how much do they make? In tech, you're going to make $100, $125,000. Everybody's going to make that. What is that going to mean if there's 50,000 new people who are in this housing market living in any of the 22 neighborhoods Rents that are, are in, in, in the city of Boston? Rents are going right? up again. And uh, the other piece is we don't teach our kids in the Boston public schools computer science. So you're, you're bringing a company, because remember, they, they dropped it, but it's Amazon.com. So you bring a .com, and we're, we're only teaching our kids to drive around in these Amazon Prime uh, delivery vans. So we need to be investing in the Boston Public Schools. Kids should have K-12 computer science uh, education. They can do way more than we, we can do. So we need to really be thinking about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I stopped caring about Amazon after I watched what they did with GE. I was disgusted. Y'all want to put helipads? From what I hear, Suffolk wants a helipad. Too. I don't know why everybody want helipads. Where are y'all landing? There at? used to be two helipads here. Do you remember? Yeah. Back in the day? Yeah. There's one in A Street, but down like, Southie. We already have Spalding. to listen to helicopters every time there's a shooting in Roxbury. Oh, yeah. Well, no, and let's hit on that. It's a trauma trigger. When I hear a helicopter. We go, what happened? First thing we said. Right. You what mean, happened? Yeah. Somebody must have been shot. There's Just a like street LA. blocked off yeah, somewhere. somewhere. What somewhere. happened? Yeah. I have it because of not 9 11. Because the Boston bombing. It, th those helicopters never left. If you, I lived in Cambridge then, and they just sat over my house for like four days. Yeah, like. Yeah, well. was, that was a stressful time. I want to ask you real quick because I don't know if I got an answer on, uh, from uh, Tito on Felix Arroyo. You have any comments on that? Well, no, there's a, there's a couple pieces. One, I think um, we do need to look at the parity. We do, we do have two individuals who are being paid each over $100,000 uh, a year um, while their case is adjudicated, and this case uh, was not uh, adjudicated in, in that fashion. Um, I think there is a disparity uh, here. Um, I don't know the, the specifics of, of this case, right? But the question is, um, are, is there parity in the manner in which uh, these folks uh, were treated, um, and um, is it fair? Mm -hmm. Right, and, and I would submit to you um, that there, there isn't the, the level of fairness um, that there, that there should have been. Um, in addition, when we extend that to uh, police department, um, that on a regular basis, and speaking of court, they've been uh, sp they spent over one point six million dollars defending a racist hair test. Hold on, did you forget about the officer? Uh, what's his name? Dominic Colombo, who oh, was drinking and driving oh, yeah. and crashed into Jose Texera, yeah. who's laying in the hospital, who had four surgeries, was released on his personal recognizance and sent home on paid leave. So, right. again, so, so the, the issue is your most recent protest. Huh? Yeah, yeah, listen, I protest for a living now. Yeah. That's yeah. my job. And so the issue is what's good for the geese is good for the game. Yeah. Right? So if we're going to if, if that's going to be the policy, it has to be a policy that's across board. the board. Right. Yeah. Or not across the board. Yeah. And so that's uh, that's one of the things that, again, over and over again, uh, we see these th disparities. And for some reason, there's a sister who won 13 million dollars. Oh, yeah. Right. Lawsuit. She sued the Boston, the the, uh, the Treasury Department and she had been there. Uh, 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 Charmaine, um, she had been there for uh, 20 years. She currently today still doesn't have a title. She has multiple uh, master's degrees. The court 
proved well, in court. It was proved beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, actually, it's preponderance or evidence because it's it, it's it's a, a civil. But it, it proved that she um, should be given thirteen million dollars. Right. Interestingly, the Boston Boston hasn't paid her yet. Right. And sadly, the individual who perpetrated this against her was never ever disciplined. Right. So Vivian Leo, who actually did this, she was allowed to retire, and in fact, she was brought back by uh, one of one of uh, my colleagues on the council to be awarded, which I actually did who not was stay a colleague for. On the, uh, council. Uh, council Lamartina actually brought her back. I left the room because that's unacceptable to me. You cost the city of Boston thirteen million dollars, and by the way, that the that the legal counsel has not released to her, uh, uh, and they continue to appeal. That becomes really problematic. And if we're going to say uh, these issues, uh, and, and we know that racism exists. Yeah. We know that Boston uh, didn't uh, actually didn't desegregate uh, some of our housing developments until the late 80s, early 90s. We know that our schools uh, weren't desegregated until the mid-70s, 74. We have to deal with these issues. It's like being in a relationship. My mom always said, don't go to bed angry. Right. Mm-hmm. We got You got to go through it. Uh, instead of trying to go around it, we can deal with these issues of race, but we can't pretend like racism and these disparities uh, don't exist. Right. And and one, one last piece, we underdevelop our city as a whole when all of these issues happen. You have a majority people of color in the city of Boston, so if we don't deal with these issues, we lose the development of the city as a whole. So who so who do we who do we have leading those discussions? I'm sorry. Uh, the sister's name is, is Chantel, um, uh, and 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 she's going to get mad at me because I because uh, who, who, who actually sued. So I just I just I just remembered. So let me get my mind right because I'm, I'm going to see her. Yes. So 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 when we have when we have race conversations, who should be leading those conversations? The people most affected by yeah, not white guys. <laughs> but that's Mike, why, this is I, why mostly, I love you. That's why mostly I've been quiet today. If you noticed, but not only that. We need to do something. People, t- I think people are tired of talking, right? So these whole like global uh, uh, only conversations. If you're going to have a conversation with a policymaker when you're in office, when someone comes to see you, they should ask for something, right? Because we can't see, we can't go to people who don't have the answer, who are perpetuating the problem, and assume that they're going to come up with a policy that's actually going to fix it. And actually, part of the policies that they currently have perpetuate their own power. Right. So I think we also have to have, and, and if we want to really do it, let's, t- let's take off the real gloves and have some real conversations, have people's, w- w- and not allow people to get shut down. Right. If you make a mistake, you say something wrong or whatever. Um, hopefully, you know, please don't use things in the um, uh, refer to us in the middle of the alphabet, L, M, N. Stay out of those areas or whatever. Right. If we're able to do that and have some real, real uh, tangible conversations, we need action steps. Well, I'll say this. I, I agree with you and I disagree with you. Something needs to be done, but I'm going to be honest. I'm tired of talking, especially when you're talking to people who know exactly what the problem is. It'll be different yeah. if we were having this conversation to someone who was racially ignorant, right? But we're talking about the city of Boston. We're also talking with politicians who are from this community because the stipulation to run is you have to live in the community that you're servicing, right? So we're not having this discussion yeah. with people who are unaware of the race issue. We're at a point where action needs to happen and that action needs to come in the form of a few things right 
first and foremost, uh, I'm, I'm going to need somebody to get into office and have the reparations conversation at some point, right? Yeah, the, the, listen, the <laughs> other piece to that is is that pay attention to legislation that is strategically inflicting harm on communities of color. Those need to be changed. You, you want to talk to me about race? Then build housing that actual people of color can get into. You want to have a conversation around race? Don't cut mass health. Don't cut the RAF program. Don't cut senior care. Don't cut mental health, right? Because this is the thing. You can say to me all the time, race is at the top of the right. forefront, and I'm really, I'm really but concerned action, about actions, it. Yeah, speak I'm really words. concerned about race, and I want you to know that it, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Or you can say, Monica, Monica so guess what? We just passed uh, legislation to create an office for African American issues or, or something to that effect, right? Action. That's where we're at. Because to keep having a conversation, I'm going to tell you, it's draining. I'm a part of the race dialogue that the Globe created on social media. I have mentally checked out. I I spent five to six days, maybe a couple weeks, arguing with people about race, and I gave up. Because at this point, why are we still talking? Right. Well, what do you mean, think of that? We're we going to wrap this up because uh, we're over time. We're out of time. Donald uh, Osgood, wow. tell us about your campaign, why people should vote for you, why they can, uh, where they can find you online, social media, real quick. Donald M. Osgood Sr., that's my Facebook page. You know, I still have my old web, web page, Donald and Mosgood Senior for Mayor. That's why I, I updated it. Couldn't change the domain name, unfortunately. Um, checks. I take checks, you know, to the campaign because we need it. But more importantly, I'm just like you. You know, I'm just like you. I'm going in fresh mind. I'm not going in to do what everybody else has been doing. I'm going in to serve the people. And that's it. When's the election? April 3rd. And uh, so are you on the ballot this time or is it right? Yeah, I'm going to pick my stuff up to uh, Monday. I'm excited about that. And we're going to be on the ground. We're going to be in your face. You know, and again, you know, nothing against Nick Collins and Evandro Cavallo. For me, they're part of the system. Wrong. I'm going in. Not just other, for you, sir. Because there's, there's other people of color who are also running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't right. forget about Al Althea Garrison. You know, okay. yeah. I, she, I is she a front runner on this? You think? Maybe. <laughs> I don't want to say. Right. And, and there's a debate happening. Man, yeah, that's that's actually um, at Mamlio on the first March first, six p.m. So come on down. You know, I'm gonna save some of the stuff I'm gonna save for that day because <laughs> when we get face to face, you know, I've been doing some homework. And Tito Jackson now, uh, you what? We didn't even get to what you're doing now because you have a new uh, fellowship. Tell us about that. I'm at Parenting Journey, um, an organization that is doing uh, therapeutic parenting groups uh, for immigrant parents, for sober parents, uh, for fathers, uh, also for moms. Uh, Eighty percent of the population, single parent households, headed by women. Most people are poor, um, and they've never done and had a, a real advocacy uh, agenda, uh, government facing. They've just done the work with the parents, and so I'm really lucky. Uh, to be able to work at Amari Parish Jeffries around uh, these issues. Um, I'm also, um, you know, really trying to do some work uh, in Boston. Around, we have immigrant arrests are up 50 percent, mm -hmm. right? So we need to be real woke. Um, when we talk about sanctuary cities and all that other stuff, well, they, well in all honesty, that stuff is actually happening here. Um, I'm, I'm also really uh, still uh, uh, pushing uh, our agenda relative uh, to uh, cannabis. We can't lock people out of this business right. so the small pe men and women um, and, and, and however an and individual actually identifies, those individuals need to have an opportunity uh, to be able to uh, uh, have a delivery only business. 
um, to be able to have uh, events, uh, to be able to have a, a place to, uh, to congregate. And those are the lower hanging fruits. Um, so when it comes down to it, we need to make sure that that, that uh, economic opportunity doesn't miss uh, those people of color who have been disproportionately affected by, uh, based on uh, the, the war on drugs. So there's a lot that we have to uh, continue to do. Um, mm-hmm. I will not be silent. I will not be silenced. Um, this is our city, um, and uh, we are going to definitely uh, continue uh, to do this. And again, I want to thank you, uh, Mike, Brian, thank Herbie, you. for thank all you, the work that you do, my brother. This is time you coming here. I don't care what they say you're not extreme right, Tito. right you're not extreme don't hate on my not extremism okay now, now you you came no, down don't. to <laughs> roxbury you came down and testified that you were the first speaker of the cannabis control commission yes in he was i was there like how did they receive you have you spoken no, to them no, after? I've, I've spoken to them and, and i want to and we need to support them by the way so to understand that they're catching it right. from legislators they're catching it from the governor they're catching it from the mayor. So this is the other piece there is that the people that this is uh, the, you're, this is not a movie that you watch it. You're actually in the movie, right. ladies and gentlemen. You're the one. You're the people who actually Make made this real. So you can't check out. I wanted to see that room overflowing and over fire code because all of the people who have done this work, the work's not over. The regulations are not actually uh, uh, fu- uh, fully codified yet. And so we want to continue to hear. You. And by the way. You know more than everybody else. Right. right. So when it comes down to it, we want to make sure you're there. And if this if it ends up like Colorado with is one black owned dispensary, then we have failed the people of the state of Massachusetts. Let me ask you both everyone a real quick question at the end. Uh, and, and we need quick answers because we're over time. Uh, Mass Can Normal recently had a board election and one of the uh, speakers from the alt right uh the event that you protested, Monica, mm-hmm. is now on the board. Samson, you know Samson? Mm. Samson called my phone and told me if Black Lives really mattered that I would shut up. So, yes, I know Samson. What do you think about Mass Care Normal having someone like that on, on, the, on their board of directors? I think that by them doing that, it, it <laughs> they just diluted their message, right? Delegitimizes it. Say it again. Does it delegitimize them? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because then you get a person of color like me who knows who he is and you mm-hmm. go, yeah, so you, your focus is not to have us be included in that process because you just isolated a whole community when you brought him on. Boom. Right. Mm-hmm. So you isolated communities of color by bringing him on. He is a racist white supremacist. So there's no way to sugarcoat that. I have a voicemail well, he, of this he'll man. He'll say he's not. I mean, he, oh, he, he, oh, he, he said he's a free speech advocate. He said he was going to sue me, too, because of some things I said on Facebook. I will note that. I'm not trying to get sued by him, but Tito, you have any comment on it? Hell to the non, to the non, non, non. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, listen, You've spoken at the rally. Right? Um, this becomes an, an issue, and, and, and people need to be thoughtful when it, when it comes to this. If we're going to talk about inclusion. You can't have uh, individuals who are, are preaching the opposite uh, of that. Now, mind you, I, there we do have First Amendment rights and all that. That's that 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 is a uh, a legal uh, standard. What we should be communicating is people who are going to uh, bring more to the table. And when it comes down to these issues, the people who've been disproportionately locked up 
Um, disproportionately, and, and, we, and we know that's 330% higher chance based on um, uh, possession, 710% higher, uh, uh, higher chance based on distribution have been black and Latino people. That's unacceptable. And so if, you're gonna, if you had that seat open, you should uh, have been thinking about inclusion uh, rather than next. Right, because they just isolated a whole community of people. He's racist, and there's no way to sugarcoat that. That man called me um, the week of fight supremacy, and he's on my voicemail, and clearly he said to me, he told me who he was, and he let me know that if black lives really matter, I would be quiet. And so, and I and I you say, say why? Yes, because he didn't feel like I had the right to bring forty five thousand people downtown to attack them. Okay, um, and yeah, he was the victim. That's yeah, what because like he was a victim after he said a bunch of other racially charged things on my voicemail, and I saved it um, because I, you know I like to know who my opponents are. Interesting, because so uh, he's, he, you know, he's somebody that uh, said that he spoke out against racism. BS. With the racist side, which BS. is interesting, oh. which is an interesting way to go. Uh, but you know, uh, now he's on the Mascans board. Uh, I'm glad you guys commented. I appreciate that. Uh, we have a few comments here. Joseph Gilmore is li- listening. He says we're in the movie. <laughs> Tito Jackson. Yeah, Joe from Wakanda BU. forever. Wakanda. <laughs> and uh, Michael Driscoll says, "Stay on till eight. He wants us to keep going, even though we're over time. He <laughs> likes us to stay till eight. Uh, We've been going for an hour and a half now. It's it's getting hot in here. We all need a break. Right, and I'm hungry. Yeah, we're hungry. We go to the bathroom. We need a drink. We need, yeah. So thank you, Brian Riccio, for being here. Glad to be here. Brian. Tito, Tito Jackson. Thank you very much, my brother. Running for mayor of Boston, says me. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think Tito's worried more about what he can do on a day-to-day basis and not so much about He's the future. You're right. You're because right. I think when the time comes, he will do the right thing. Yeah, it's about <laughs> the issues right now. Yes, sir. Oh, He's focused on getting He's stuff using done. his voice the way he wants to use it. Which I loved. I mean, the, when you came out to, like, after all of those public officials on the, on the cannabis issue came out against, you know, Mayor Walsh, Governor Baker, all these elected officials... We had our mayor. We had Tito Jackson come out and speak. And uh, I could tell the Cannabis Control Commission, like, we needed someone like you up there. I I think you thank us a lot. We're thanking you for being that guy. So thank you for being here. I I appreciate it. It's good to be here. We love you. Warren Lynch wanted us to kiss you on the lips. Uh, Uh, I'm good with that. Me too. Me too. You know what? There's there's several uh, Max campaign donations that that requires. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Shout out to Brian. Thank you, Donald, (laughs) for for running for office. Everybody's doing great. We're doing great right now. Thank you, Monica Cannon Grant, for being here. Thanks. Thanks. uh, Where can we find Monica again? Oh, so listen, I had to change my Twitter handle. Tito makes fun of me. My my Twitter handle is Pro Rock Thrower. Okay. So you can... uh, Follow me and at me there. Um, I'm on Facebook under my real name. I know that's like yep. cliche now. Mm-hmm. Monica Cannon Grant. Or either Violence in Boston. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Perfect. And yeah. uh, thank you again, uh, Donald. You're running. Uh, hopefully, uh, you do well here in April, right? Yeah, I feel good about this. I do. I feel real good about it. You know, I'm going to close out with this thought. Though. Did, y'all guys, did you guys get to see... Black Panther yet? Yes. I'm probably the only one who hasn't. All right, so so I'm gonna just skip to the end after the end end. Okay, you know, and, the, and okay. the great the great thing about about the movie is that we can't get anything done if we don't all work together. Right. And that was key at the end of the movie. So a lot of people missed that because once they saw credits, they left. But at the end end of the movie, and they all came together. They had a council. They sat down. They talked. That's how we're gonna change Boston. That's how we're gonna change Massachusetts. 
And then, then we're going to go down there and get down to the White House. So awesome. get with me. Donald M. Osgood, first Suffolk District Senator. Senator Osgood. <laughs> I like that Facebook page. And uh, we, we, we definitely want to have you on again. So hopefully you I'll come be in. back. Awesome. I'll be back. I'll be back. I love you guys. We love you. <laughs> and we love everyone that's on the show today. And uh, we have more comments. Mike Labia just commented. Just got back from Col- uh, from Oakland. Where adult use roll out quickly and without racial justice thought. Critical that the Cannabis Control Commission gets this right. And I'm sure the governor and mayors aren't being helpful in supporting uh, the commission. They're making it more difficult by adding unnecessary pressure. Like you said, Tito, people, uh, the people know more about it than they do. Well, especially the people who were against it in the first place. Right. Right. So we, you, your second, you second bite at the at the apple or brownie or cookie um, in, in in this regard. No, you know what you should be doing is the will of the people, and th- and this should this is about healing and not only healing the bodies but economics in our neighborhoods and our community. There's an economic uplift opportunity here. This is the innovation economy. And it, interestingly, on the governor's side, um, hey, you you pro business, right? This is an opportunity to to and you're you're for less regulation. This is an opportunity right. to actually use those principles in that space. Isn't it funny how he doesn't on this one? Hey, man. And, and, and the thing is, this is the only industry I've ever... I, I did pharmaceutical sales work for Johnson Johnson, Eli Lilly, uh, back in the day. I've never sold a product that people are already using. Right. We don't hold that against you, Tito. Yeah, that's true, too. I actually, and that tells you I, I was on, I, had, I had a little license to be able to do this stuff. Okay, cool. Um, no, but this it, it's important stuff. And, and again, the people's voice has to continue to be heard. If, if you allow those quote-unquote decision makers uh, to do it, um, we will have what we've always had, uh, which is the status quo. It should be transformative. And if the, this racial uh, justice and, and inclusion and equity component is done right, wrong uh, we will all be in and over 50 percent increase in arrests of black uh, men right. in colorado because they did it wrong that, and you know what that's another i, I just finished a feature i'm holding on to it because of one of the people in i the love feature. you guys i'm hungry and it's about exactly that like i heard everyone talking about opening the market to people of color which is awesome but i, I think people forget people are still being arrested in massachusetts both uh, federally prosecuted mm. as well as state we're still seeing uh, people of color. We're still seeing white guys. Even you know, people are still being busted. So I don't want. I, I don't want to see that. Conti- like if we don't have delivery only, if we don't have the oh, all those things that we talked about, the yeah. bus continue and they may even increase. So right. Thank you, Tito, for thank being you. on it. Uh, yes. We'll be back next week, Young Jerks, 6 p.m. I want to thank everyone again for coming in. Um, mm-hmm. And thanks for all the comments, listeners. We'll see you next Saturday. Thank you, Herbie, WEMF Radio. Later. Bye. We don't want money to get hangry. Candy Care Docs. Compassionate, compliant, confidential. Why have good music if you can't make it sound good? Lander.com is the official mastering partner of WEMF Radio. Don't wait through the backlog of a mastering house. Go to Lander.com to get your latest track mastered now. It makes it easier to get your newest music released today, and it's the fastest, easiest way to make your music sound great. So go to Lander.com today to get mastered. Put your tunes in the world's ears.